Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone this is a special update episode of the dear bob and sue podcast i'm matt smith and i'm karen smith why are we here you might ask why are we here karen (laughs) i'm wondering that myself all right so matt and i had an idea to put out some shorter episodes in addition to our regular full-length versions So whenever we want to bring you a piece of, I don't know, timely news or maybe revisit a topic that we've talked about on a previous episode, we'll just post one of these abbreviated episodes. Yeah, we struggled with what to call these so people know they're different than the full length episodes that we regularly do. You know, I wanted to call them nuggets. (laughs) I was not a fan of that because the association, at least at our house, is chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets? <laughs> well, I, I like chicken nuggets. Now, uh, there, there are other associations with nuggets. We're, we're just going to call them nuggets amongst ourselves. Oh, okay. We, like won't, a... we won't put that in the title, Okay. like on the artwork mm-hmm. or in the show notes or anything uh-huh. like that, but we all know what they are. <laughs> They're they're nuggets. All right. All right. right. That sounds good. But today, today we're discussing Dry Tortugas National Park. We got a message from a listener the other day who's a member of our Patreon account. Thank you, by the way, for all of you who support us through Patreon. Uh, She asked us if we have a Dry Tortugas episode, and we don't, which kind of surprised us. I thought we had done a Dry Tortugas (laughs) episode. I know, and it may be surprising to people, but after four years of doing this and more than 150 episodes, we actually cannot remember every specific episode, especially because we combined a lot of them. We did actually talk about Dry Tortugas National Park in episode number nine, which was called Five National Park Hidden Gems. And that was way back in April 2020. And, you know, Matt, we should do a full length episode on the park sometime. I know this whole thing, we just started out, we're going to do a short update of Dry Tortugas, play a clip from our previous episode, and now it's turned into like, we're we're going to go back, <laughs> we're going to do a full-blown episode, yeah. Well, there is a lot to love about Dry Tortugas, so we hope that for those of you listening to this short update, if you're planning a visit to Florida soon, maybe you'll pick up a tip or two, and maybe it will make you want to go and visit Dry Tortugas. And maybe when we're done, you might even want to camp because we're going to talk about some information about that. 
Yeah. So here's a couple of updates. There was one in particular that kind of uh, was the reason for this update in the first place is that they just announced a few days ago, they, they posted on Twitter or X a note that said, we're very sad. You know, I was thinking about using a different voice. <laughs> For the Twitter part. I think you should. Could you make it a little deeper? It's going to make it French. Or like I was going to have a foreign accent. No. Okay, we're not going to do that. All right. We're very sad to announce that we are planning for a closure of the campground on Garden Key from March 11th to April 24th for the Moat Wall Repair Project. The campground will be closed for the safety of park visitors. That's the message they posted on Twitter. So you can't camp there. Well, right, for that time. And I'll tell you what, it's not just the park who's going to be sad about that, but all of the campers who had made advanced reservations because camping there, as we will discuss in a few minutes, is not an easy thing and you do have to plan a long way out. So it's too bad for the campers who were scheduled from those dates in March to April, but they do have to fix the moat. Apparently, it's a fairly urgent project. The moat was breached. It yes. looks like they, they put a picture on, on the Twitter post and it looks like they need to do this. They do. So there was a big section of the moat that was damaged by first by Hurricane Irma in 2017 and then by Hurricane Ian in 2022. And so this project that they're going to do is also going to restore the water flow in the moat by removing the sand and the sediment that accumulated in two locations near both North Beach and South Beach. So they need to do it. I mean, this is a project, as they say on the park website, the, the project is vital to safeguard historic Fort Jefferson. Without the protection of the moat wall and a functioning moat, the next storm may severely damage the fort itself. So they got to do it. Sorry, campers, but uh, right. got to fix the moat. Right. And also, you know, future campers should note that even once this 40-day closure has been lifted, campers are probably still going to be experiencing the impacts of this construction. It will probably be an ongoing thing and there will be some noise from the machinery. So they didn't say how long that could last, but just so people are kind of aware of it. During the day. Well, yes, hopefully, hopefully not. not Going to be working on the moat in the middle of the night. Maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But you know what? Speaking of Hurricane Ian. Okay, let's speak of her. Do you remember that? Um, I do remember. I remember you and I both were paying particular attention because we saw the path. I mean, you see the path that's, you know, forecasted on the television or, or, you know, online for days ahead of time. And it's like, it's going to go right over the fort. Yes. So this was Tuesday, September 27th. And no, I didn't remember the exact date that it was. I did have to look that up. But um, Hurricane Ian made a direct hit to Dry Tortugas National Park. And gosh, yeah, we were watching the radar on TV and you could just, you know, you can see the the hurricane swirling and that eye of the hurricane right over dry right, It was like a dead hit. I mean, it, it was. was just right a dead hit. And I thought when we saw that, that, you know, there's, there's going to be quite a bit of damage. And I, obviously the, the fort has been there for over 150 years. Like it survived a lot of storms, but this was a direct hit of a pretty good size hurricane. Yes, with 120 miles per hour sustained winds. 
So they obviously knew ahead of time that the hurricane was coming. So they evacuated, uh, you know, they evacuated the island and, and everyone who's out there. And then on Thursday, September 29th, the NPS staff did a flyover of Garden Key, which is, you know, the main attraction, which is where the fort is, to see if it was still standing. Now, can you imagine, Matt, they're in a tiny plane, I'm assuming it's a tiny plane, and they have no idea because no one is out there. So they have no idea what they're going to see as they as they fly over Are there. You crying and, on oh, my update can, episode, Karen. <laughs> can you just imagine looking out the window and holding your breath and thinking, is this incredible fort gone? I mean, Sorry, have we lost it? (laughs) But, okay, sorry. (laughs) You have lost it. I have lost it. God, pull pull yourself. This is not what broadcast journalists do. They they don't break down on air. (laughs) Sorry, got a little emotional there. But spoiler alert, as they flew over, guess what? It was standing. Is the fort still there, Karen? The fort was still there. Wow. I know, it was a miracle for sure. And there was some significant damage to the ferry dock and and the visitor boat slips, but not nearly as devastating as it could be. And it only took a few weeks before they were able to bring back visitors to the island. So really incredibly amazing. It really is. I mean, like Eye of the Hurricane went right over the the top of the park. So uh, very fortunate that there wasn't more damage and now the park's back open. However, there's some other closures. Some of them have to do kind of with that hurricane. But uh, I mean, there's ongoing maintenance to this park that they have to do. Well, sure. And if you haven't been there before, Dry Tortugas National Park is made up of seven small islands. Now, as we said, the main attraction is Garden Key Island, which is where the fort is. And there are a couple of islands that are permanently closed to visitors. And there are a few islands that you can visit, but but you can only get there by private boat. There's also one that has a seasonal closure. Mm -hmm. Bush Key happens to be the breeding ground of the sooty and brown knotty terns. It's the largest breeding colony in the continental U.S. Okay, is that a bird? Is that what? Uh, is that what that is? Yeah, I don't I, even know what you just said. <laughs> sooty and brown knotty not- terns. Right. Okay. So that's a bird. So you're not a birder. I, take I am it. not a birder. Okay. But you know what? This would be great to add to your life list of birds the next time we go. I got to right? see. Yes, I got to see it. So oh, I, I have you, to see them. Yeah, but you can't go because it's closed. Well, wait, it's closed I don't because know, they're nesting? They're, like, they probably fly around. I mean, they're not yeah. just hanging out the whole time. Okay. Right? Okay. On the bush key? Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. And I'm sorry, that seasonal closure goes from- Well, oh, from, so, so they're saying now, this year, it's in effect through September. Okay. So it's like a lot of prime real estate that the city mm. <laughs> and brown naughty turns are taking up, but mm-hmm. yeah, they got to breed. They do. They need their privacy. So we will we will not be disturbing them. So that's kind of the update there. And of course, as we always say, you know, when you're planning a trip to any National Park Service site, be sure and check the NPS website, because a lot of the things that we have talked about on our previous episodes have changed. They have changed some mm-hmm. some of the things we just made up uh, just to have an interesting episode so you should definitely check 
<laughs> your own sources of information, particularly the, the park's website, to make sure you get you get the latest information. Accurate and reliable. So, Karen, we are going to play the clip from episode number nine. But before we do, I, I'm just curious. We it's been God, it's been over a decade since yes, we were there. I know. A couple of questions for you. Is there anything that you wish we did differently when we went? Well, yes, there's one thing I wish we had done differently in that, you know, when you take the Yankee Freedom over there, you have some free time in the afternoon. They actually provide you lunch. You get there in the morning and you spend your time. You can do a self-guided tour of the fort and visit the bookstore and all that. And then they have lunch for you on the boat. And then you've got a couple of hours free in the afternoon. And we went and sat on one of the little beaches there. But you know what? There were other people who had brought snorkeling equipment and they were out swimming I would have liked to have seen what was underneath the water because I guess it's just pretty incredible there. Yeah, I think that is probably the the biggest thing. You know, we went in December because we were we did this as part of a trip where we went to the Virgin Island National Park and, you know, the other Florida parks. We were still kind of in the Pacific Northwest mode of December. Mm-hmm. Where it's cold and rainy and we think it's winter. I, I think we had long pants and tennis shoes on. When, yeah. we, when we visited the fort, I wish we w- would have had swimsuits, even just swimming at, yes. a- out there. Uh, Absolutely. I, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic place just to have, you know, some beach time. So I wish we would have done that different. Yes, I do too. And maybe even explored fort a little bit more. It is got to be the most unique national park we have. It really is. And the whole day is unique, I thought, because we loved the boat ride out there. And one of the coolest things is, you know, you're in the ocean. What is it like? It's 70 miles, I believe, off of the coast. So you're sailing through the ocean and all of a sudden, Fort Jefferson, this brick former military fort, is rising up out of the ocean. It's a remarkable sight to see. It really is. And so for me, I loved it because there's so much history there. And the other thing, too, is so you've got all the beauty of the ocean and, and the, kind of the turquoise water there. And then you've got the this cool fort and the history. So it's got a lot going for it. It really does. I know people vacation on Key West. Uh, they vacation in Florida a lot. I, I got to believe if you're either just a couple or even with a family and you're spending a few days in Key West, boy, I, I think going out to that park because it's you go out and back in a day. It doesn't take that long. I mean, it's all day, but it's just one day. I think that's a fantastic way to use one of your days in Key West if you're, if you're there for several days. I agree. And, you know, I've heard people talk about, well, complain about actually the cost. You know, so you're either going to be taking, assuming you don't have your own boat, you're either going to be taking the Yankee Freedom Ferry or you're going to be hiring a seaplane or possibly a private boat. Any way you look at it, it is fairly expensive, especially if you're bringing a family. But I think this is one of those instances where it's absolutely worth it. It's kind of a once in a... Once in a decade? (laughs) Yes, once in a decade trip. I think it's worth every penny. So do you want to go back? I absolutely want to go back. But you know what? I want to go back and camp. That's surprising to me. I think back when we visited the first time, we hadn't become campers yet. And now that we know camping and we've done it quite a bit, I think that would be a fun thing to do also. You did a little bit of research on like what it takes to camp. 
And you want to share with us some of those details? Yes. There are only 10 campsites on the island on Garden Key. So very small. There is one other group site. What I was surprised about is that you cannot make advanced reservations for the regular six-person campsites. You can reserve the group site ahead of time, but not the regular campsites. And I was surprised by that because just picture, I mean, we would obviously be coming from Seattle, flying all the way down there with all of our camping gear and and not be able to reserve a campsite. Yeah, but you can, when you reserve your Yankee Freedom boat tickets, there are camper tickets. Yes, and this is really, really important. And I think a lot of people miss this step. If you want to camp on Garden Key at Fort Jefferson, when you book your tickets for the Yankee Freedom you have to tell them that you're campers because they only will take 10 campers a day up and back. So you have to tell them you're a camper. And it says on the Yankee Freedom website that those specific campsite reservations are booked out nine months to a year ahead of time. So the park is coordinating with the Yankee Freedom. Right. Now, when you say 10 campers, you mean 10 camping groups or 10 10 individuals 10 campers so if you have a family of eight you're already eight out of the 10 there i think that's one of the reasons it's so hard to get a couple other things there is a maximum stay of three nights three nights to camp and you not only need reservations to go out there but you need them to come back and you have to come back on your scheduled day so you have to decide ahead of time do you want to camp one night two nights or three nights got that and then People are going out to see the park by seaplane. You could do that also. And you found out that the seaplane concessionaires are not allowed to bring campers. Right. So the seaplane folks have to <laughs> take back as many people as they brought. <laughs> they have to count the number of people, <laughs> make yeah. sure everyone's on board. Right. They have a contract with the NPS. They're not allowed to bring campers. Now, campers can arrive by private boat. And that's an unknown, right? I mean, it could be no private boat sh could show up with campers or 10 private boats could. I mean, that is unknown. Right. But, but the park is saying that th they're aware that the numbers might not work out perfectly. And there might be, even when everyone follows these rules, there might be more campers than places. And the park has said, we'll accommodate them. Yes. They have more capacity than the 10 probably. They're just, they just know if they, if they set up these rules, they'll never have more people than they can accommodate. Right. And they say on the website, all campers, once they arrive, will be guaranteed a place to camp. That's a relief, right? So so you will not get nixed out. If you follow the rules and tell the Yankee Freedom that you're a camper, I guess what's happened in the past is people are unaware of that. They make their regular reservations on the Yankee Freedom as just a passenger. Then they show up with all their gear and Yankee Freedom turns them away because they didn't register as a camper. So it's, you know, it's really important that people know that step. And, and don't tr try to just like sneak off the boat, like, you know, take a normal size 
backpack and we're just not gonna take the return yeah well that would (laughs) voyage back like that that, that's just uh, we're just telling people like that's not gonna work no no that's not gonna work at all the other thing the yankee freedom says on their website and this is interesting is that you know sometimes there are rough seas and of course they have no control over that so there are times when they have to cancel the sailing so you know, it could affect you either way, going out or when you are expecting to be picked up, the boat might not show up. And then I guess you're on the next day's boat. So, you know, you need to be uh, somewhat flexible. And also, Matt, <laughs> and this is Karen? where I might have an issue. <laughs> you need to be a little bit hardy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I did see, and apparently when you camp, the rangers tell you this, is that there are rats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there are rats. There huh? are rats on the island. And so apparently at these campsites. Big, are these big rats? I mean, it's they're, they're not mice. So they're rats. They're, they're, they're rats. Yeah, they're so probably, I think that means probably, they're pretty big. They're pretty big. They, um, they have installed poles where you hang your food so that the rats can't get your food. <laughs> so so uh, unlike bears, like well, well, I guess maybe uh, similar to bears, you got to hang your food. So that the rats don't get in. Yeah. That's, uh, I know. I didn't. I'm sorry that I read that because uh, that's going to be in the back of my mind now. But I do think that my desire to spend the night out there, can you imagine what the night sky must look like? Uh, I think that the experience of spending the night out there would outweigh the, the possibility the of seeing rats. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out, aren't could, we? Could they chew through our tent? No, tell me no. Uh, no. Absolutely not. It's never in the history of mankind has a rat chewed through a tent. Okay, no, no, never. <laughs> it's just not possible, Karen. <laughs> yeah, oh, or maybe man. we take two tents, put a tent inside a tent, just in case <laughs> they get through the first tent. Yes, yeah. that's what I would need to do. All so right. anyway, so that's the scoop on camping. It does sound fun. But again, so this brings us back to our the whole point of this is that, you know, that so the campsite's now closed for more than a month. So all of those people who booked their camping spot on the Yankee Freedom a year ago, now they're going to get nixed out, which is a shame. But obviously, there's nothing the park could do about it. They, they have to fix the moat. So what are the rats going to be eating from March 11th to <laughs> April 24th? I don't know. Have a tough go of it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be on a um, on a diet. Yeah, form. skinny rats. They'll, All be, right. they'll be extra hungry after that. Okay, so that is our updates. Karen, I think it's time for us to play the clip. I, I listened to this clip ahead of time, and this episode was called Five Hidden Gems, but I think you had renamed it while we were recording the episode to Five Magical Places. We, sh- we should, should have probably titled it Five Magical Places. I agree, and I think that Dry Tortugas is definitely a magical place, so I'm glad I said that. Did I say anything else back then four years ago that I'm going to regret no, no, listening you, to? Yeah, but we were very young back then. We were very <laughs> We sound like teenagers. Oh, do we? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not a bad thing. Okay, so here we go. Here, here is our clip. 
We should move on to our first <laughs> hidden magical place. Okay, sounds good. Which is good. Dry Tortugas. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what Dry Tortugas was when we started our national parks trip. I didn't either. T- or ten or years ago. Mm-hmm. We were months into it. I still didn't. I thought it was a type of a burrito. <laughs> and there would be like a burrito festival with <laughs> games and all, all the burritos you can eat. But it's but, not. So you were slightly disappointed. Right. That Tortugas. <laughs> is the Spanish word for turtle and dry meaning there's this is a series of islands about 70 miles west of Key West, Florida. And the reason they're called dry is because there's not, there's no fresh water on the islands. And uh, so the visitation in 2019 was only 79,000. So less than 80,000 people. Right. And it's hard to get to what's really interesting. I think about dry Tortugas is it is the site of a civil war fort. Yes. So one of the, the the one of the biggest islands that make up these seven islands that make up the Dry Tortugas is Fort Jefferson, a masonry fort, which we didn't even know what a mason masonry fort was until we got there. Yeah. So it it was uh they started building it before the civil war, and you can tell that uh, so the the war interrupted the construction. And what's interesting about this piece of land is even though Florida went to the Confederacy, this piece of land stayed as part of the Union. Mm -hmm. And so while it was being built, they had to stop using the bricks that they were getting locally from the Florida area because that was now in the Confederacy. And they had to ship bricks in from Maine. And so you can see the level of bricks where they change color. Because they had to ship them in, and uh, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And they they uh, finished the fort, and well, actually, I think they never finished it, did they? Was, uh, I don't think they finished it completely. Right, right. Yeah, it was left unfinished. But that's that's what most people go to see when they go to Dry Tortugas National Park. Um, so it is open year round. Now, when we went, it was November, and we did a whole uh, group of parks at that point. We went to Virgin Islands and Everglades, Biscayne, and Dry Tortugas. Now, the only way to get to Dry Tortugas is either by a float plane or boat, private boats can go, or the park has a concession airboat called the Yankee Freedom. Yeah, I guess you could swim. <laughs> the 70, 70 miles. miles it'd be a, that's not that's it'd not be suggested. a long long way <laughs> yeah so we took the yankee freedom and it was a, it's about a two-hour boat ride a, a big boat it was really nice i actually enjoyed the boat ride a lot yeah it was a beautiful day mm-hmm. obviously not not a lot to see but it was a beautiful ocean voyage out there and uh, mm-hmm. then it gets very shallow right right by the islands so there's a series of islands and another thing that People go there to do is snorkel, right? Or scuba, scuba dive, I guess. Or yeah, the waters are really clear there. It's beautiful turquoise waters off of um, off of these islands, so it's absolutely beautiful. Now, where to stay if you're going to visit the park? There's really only one place to stay, wouldn't you say? Because the boat, especially if you do it like we did, the boat left at eight o'clock in the morning, and so just right out of Key West. Well, so, the town of Key West. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of places to stay in Key West. Right. But right. There's, uh, there is some camping on Dry Tortugas. Mm-hmm. Small camp, small uh, campground there. Yeah. 
But yeah, Key West uh, mm -hmm. was a very different cultural <laughs> experience than Dry Tortugas. I kind of felt like you loved Key West, like you fit right in there. <laughs> I don't know. It, it depends on uh, how many margaritas you have or pina coladas. Um, when we wrote the book, we were particularly impressed by all of the t-shirt shops and some of the things on the t-shirts. And, and that was one of the early decisions in writing the book that we couldn't write the things that we saw on the t-shirts because we figured <laughs> oh that's that, right that would put us into an r rating pretty uh -huh. quick yeah i so, forgot about that so the key west description was pretty short because mm -hmm. there's only so many things we could say and keep it family friendly mm -hmm. yeah but it was a, certainly a party atmosphere yeah it, would, it felt to us we'd never been there before that that particular trip it felt to me a lot like las vegas there were People just crowds of people wandering the streets and that everyone, I guess they have an open beverage, open container law. So people were walking around the streets with their drinks in hand and it and partying it. it I don't know. It had a very, uh, very Vegas feeling to me. And chickens. Oh, and chickens. Yeah. There were chickens everywhere, which yeah. was so random and strange. Yeah, I guess that's the thing in Key West. Mm -hmm. They've been there for a long, long time. Uh-huh. Our particular hotel had a mother chicken with a bunch of little baby chicks. Remember you were going to you you're trying to capture them and keep them in our room because they were running around the cars and you well, thought Well, yeah, the they were, were right in over? the middle of the parking lot where cars would come in to check into the hotel and they were tiny. Like yeah, they were darting around I like was worried. tennis ball size. They were. I was worried about them. All right, so back to the park itself. So when we we took the boat, got there around 10 and when we got off the boat, we took care of our park business, which was basically taking our photo in front of the sign and getting the park stamp and the brochure. And then there was an optional ranger-led tour of the fort, which we decided to go on. And that was really interesting. Yeah, one of the things they told us about Fort Jefferson, probably the most famous inhabitant, because it was used as a prison for a while. One of the most famous inhabitants of the prison was Samuel Mudd. So he was a doctor. He, was, he helped John Wilkes Booth after the assassination of Lincoln, John Wilkes Booth had broken his leg, and I guess Samuel Mudd's the one who said it. And when they found this out and they arrested him, it was such an egregious crime that they sentenced Samuel Mudd to uh, Fort Jefferson's prison. And he he was there for several years. He actually tried to escape. Um, and then there was a yellow fever outbreak on Dry Tortugas, and he was instrumental in saving a lot of the lives of the prisoners. And so a couple of years later, he because of that, he he was pardoned. So he, he was there for about four or five years. Mm -hmm. And the famous phrase, your name is Mud. Comes from Samuel Mud. He was reviled so much uh -huh. for helping John Wilkes Booth that uh yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to be you, you didn't want to be called mud. No, you didn't. There were all kinds of fascinating stories that the ranger told us uh during the tour. And another thing that I liked is that they they kind of let you wander freely around the fort. Now there were some areas that were closed off due to construction or they were just in too bad of shape to let people in, but but they kind of let you go about your own way th throughout the day, which was nice too. Yeah, I think we walked pretty much around the entire perimeter. Mm -hmm. There's and a we, moat. Mm -hmm. And we could see areas of the the structure that was kind of falling apart. I think there's a concern that the 
you know, all the years of the ocean and the pounding and as storms come through that it's going to eventually probably take that structure down. Uh, there were a few areas that looked like they were crumbling, but I got to say, it's just pretty good shape for being whatever, 150 years old. Yeah, I know. It's remarkable. And then uh, there is no food available anywhere on this little island. And so the um, this concessionaire boat serves lunch. So after we wandered around in the morning, we had lunch on the boat. And then in the afternoon, we had about two or three hours. And most people just went to the beach. There's a beautiful little sand beach. And they snorkeled and they swam. And so that's what we did. We sat on the beach in the sun. And it was just absolutely beautiful. It was a it was a great day. It was a great day. Boat ride out, boat ride back, mm-hmm. and spending a few hours in the in the park. So that yes, that I would say that's that is both a hidden gem and a magical place. I agree. I agree. Okay, Karen, uh, that is about it for our update edition. Yes, this was really fun. We should do this regularly. I'm toying with the idea of doing these like weekly. We can't promise that, but it seems like we always have a backlog of updates to put out. So maybe we'll uh, start sprinkling these in amongst our full-length episodes. That would be fun. I would really like that. But in the meantime, be sure to tune in this Thursday for a new full-length episode. Now, we would like to tell you what this episode's going to be about, but we're not exactly sure yet because we have, we're juggling some balls in the yeah, air. Yeah, we, we have like five <laughs> days to, to do this episode, so why, why are we in such a hurry to figure out what the whole subject matter of the episode is? Well, you know, we've been doing more interviews lately, and we're kind of tying some things into some interviews, so it's a little bit up in the air. But it's going to be great. It's going to be a great. You should definitely tune in later on this week. Right. Uh, to find out what the episode is. Right.